eyes tearing up involuntarily. Usually they're like a vista. In this Olympics it's been the Christ the Redeemer. Jesus. <laughs> Great. You couldn't have done shots of like the Amazon basin? John Williams. Like the, the triangle test. in the background. Rocking out on the triangle. Sometimes he's a bit much. Yeah. Welcome to Bell Other Friends. <laughs> Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. Because we're pushy. No, you can trust us. Because we're librarians. And sometimes extras. And sometimes not librarians. We are turning off our air conditioner for you, loyal listeners. So we're going to try and make it quick. (laughs) I'm Anna, and I'm very, very hot. (laughs) Yeah, you are. I'm Aline, and I'm dripping with sweat. Oh, gross. I'm Anna's sister, and I sound exactly like her. Yes, so good luck with that. I sound more mature. (laughs) No. I sound less mature. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I am trapped in a house with the both of them. Lucky. That's okay. It's It's not like we act exactly the same all the time. That's actually wildly different. I don't know if I should be offended or not. I don't know. I feel lighter because I cut off all my hair. (laughs) We're here today to talk to you about the Olympics. Olympics. Which uh, you probably haven't heard anything about. By the time this podcast comes out, it will... It will almost be over. Almost. But don't worry, we're not going to talk to you very much about the current Olympics because we devil in nostalgia. <laughs> so I'm here to talk, I'm here to ask my panelists a series of questions I just jotted down. What Olympic event is the first one that you remember seeing and like retaining? Can you point to something and be like, I remember, like, for example, I remember Mary Lou Retton happening and I remember Katerina Witt. <laughs> happening and then there's like there's fuzzy in-betweens but I, I don't know what what does that put me back in the 80s sometime? I think Mary Lou Retton was 1984 because that was a year that I and my classmates were completely obsessed because we were like in junior high and we were all like getting going in sports and stuff but I remember figure skating long before that from the time I was a tiny tot and figure skating being fascinated fascinating i don't remember a ton how about uh of summer olympics. oh canadians um <laughs> before then okay i remember katarina vitt also and christy yamaguchi <gasps> yay christy yamaguchi who i really like because her name is almost the same as mine yeah right we haven't told them your name but it is very I'm Christina. <laughs> we told them last time. She I know. Was here. Well, they you can't only remember. Have one <laughs> Turns out we I? sound the same even when we're not both desperately ill. Right. Right. Last time y'all were sick. That was awful. Excellent. This time we are on our game. Totally. For sure. I love Christy Yamaguchi. So this is going to segue into a question. If you were to pick Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics to watch, which would you choose? I definitely like the Winter Olympics better. It because. has more interesting stuff. Okay, so what are the top three things you'd watch yeah, in the Winter prove Olympics? Prove that to us. Skiing. Okay. Bobsledding and all those other exciting, dangerous sledding sports. I did not expect sports. you to say the bobsledding. Skeleton. The skeleton. Oh, I love that they call it skeleton. They're all insanely dangerous and that's yes. kind of fun. 
Also, the skiing is okay. A little blood I loss do, like, for ski you. Ski jumping is pretty cool. I like the ski jumping. I actually like watching hockey. Yes, who doesn't? <laughs> right on, <laughs> lady hockey. That's where it's at. Um, what about you? I would have said none, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior to being in the presence of watching a lot of Olympics, this current. <laughs> Olympiad. The 31st Olympiad. Is it the 31st Olympiad? That's Great. what they tell us. XXXI. I have been, since the 1984 gymnastics team with Mary Lee Retton and Bart Connor and Mitch Gaylord and all that stuff, um, I have not paid any attention if I could avoid it. I mean, I have read headlines and Twitter. <laughs> But how about Nancy Kerrigan? Oh my god, Tanya Harding is right. like from the Pacific Northwest, okay. and so you just watch out, or I will take a hammer to your knees. Um, <laughs> wrench, hammer, I don't remember. What it was. I, I think it was, it was a candlestick, right? But that was, I don't, I mean, and I remember that, and I remember stuff, but I don't remember paying much attention. I remember being like, oh, Sunday afternoon, there's a bunch of figure skating, I like their spangly outfits, I don't like their flesh toned tights. That go um, over their boots. That go, oh, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the tight boots. And it's oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have watched some beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I will call this this thirty first summer Olympiad an awakening. <laughs> I would not call it an awakening, um, but oh my goodness, at the giant ladies. And we have enjoyed the handball and the field hockey and the beach volleyball and the basketball and the soccer and <laughs> sounds like you've watched the fencing a lot of Olympics. and the running and the, the gymnastics. Kind of boring. The gymnastics is lots of tiny ladies. I don't like it as much because I I am a fan of the well, giant so ladies. Well, so figure skating, especially um, in pairs. Unless you're talking about Surya Bonali, who was a, like a sturdy lady. Right, but I was, I mean, that's just like the stuff that made it into okay. the news feeds and stuff. Yeah. I don't think that I picked it necessarily. I don't like the gymnastics just because it makes me really sad to realize they're going to have horrible arthritis and other joint injuries by the time they're 25 and be crippled with pain. They're kind of like NFL players. Yeah, and I don't like to watch the boxing either for the same reasons. My main um, concerns are their career prospects later in life. I've been very worried about actually, what they're qualified to do. I actually, um, when I was in fifth grade, maybe, there was a teacher's assistant who used to be a gymnast. Was she at the U? She was at the U. Okay. What was I her wish, name? I don't remember. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> Could have been someone I knew. I'm trying to think if I had to choose between the Winter and Summer Olympics. Mm, I think there's more dead weight in the Summer Olympics. Yeah. Because this is another of my questions, track and field versus swimming, which take up huge blocks of programming they show time. they the interesting parts of track and field. They just show people running around, uh, not yeah. like the javelin. I would be happy the... if they showed a little shot put, that but it's only... shot put woman. The shot diva. She was diva. awesome. Follow her on Twitter, y'all. <laughs> um, so I think maybe it's my Nordic blood, but I prefer the Winter Olympics, and I also prefer the fact that in the Winter Olympics, it's not all USA, USA all the time, because they're not as dominant, yeah. and so NBC is forced to show you other countries Doing winning stuff. stuff like, the cross-country is always between, like, Sweden and various Norway, other Norway. Russian... Chantil and... Andre Omat was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's cool, because... I am fine rooting for the U.S., but I would really like to see other countries do things as well. I don't 
just want to like cut to the U.S. shot putter. Fiji won their first gold Ooh. ever. Cool. Singapore, that little swimmer guy, won their first gold ever. And then a woman won the first gold ever for some other country that I'm not remembering. <laughs> I'm a big fan of underdogs and little countries <laughs> doing good and stuff like that. I wonder if that will help their future career There was an Indian gymnast. Yeah, there was an Indian gymnast who who came in fourth, I think. Excellent. So, I think I have to go with Winter You're Olympics. With winter. Because okay. the Summer Olympics has gymnastics, which I love, but the Winter Olympics has ice skating, which is the gymnastics of the Winter Olympics, so... I don't really like... Okay, I don't like the women's gymnastics or the ice skating at all. But the men's gymnastics... Are you sure you're related to me and mom? Look, I like the men's gymnastics because it's these muscular... Great feats of strength. Extri- extremely attractive, very <laughs> strong, but always very compact, and I quite like a small man. Are you... <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, see, well, I can't see, relate to that, I'm we're sorry. We're not royally different, we both like small people. <laughs> That's great. So, um, um, so on the prurient aspect of the Olympics, like I am uncomfortable watching the beach volleyball because they are not wearing enough clothing, and I don't want to look closely at them because I'm afraid they might have a wardrobe, wardrobe malfunction. malfunction. <laughs> and uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's like they're already having a wardrobe malfunction. So I can't really fathom the prurience of it because I am so fascinated by the machinery of their physiques that are so foreign to uh, the average Joe walking up and down the street and even my experience working with people's bodies has been so remote that I'm I'm just staring. It's like watching slow-mo nature videos of grasshoppers for me <laughs> almost it's like with the way they show a grasshopper jumping watching those beach volleyball players it's the same basically the same thing for me also they're super hot <laughs> so yeah um okay so if you were to compete in an olympic event what do you think would be the one that you would be the best at <laughs> Like, you're watching and you're like, I could see myself doing that if I were a completely different and younger, fitter person who had time and energy and money. Maybe... Wait, is there women's soccer in the Olympics? Yes. Yes. Okay, maybe that. But I am so not athletic. Well, it's it's a hypothetical. (laughs) Did you play any sports at all? I played soccer. Okay, so then, so that's where it's, see, yeah. that's the same thing. I was a tennis player as a, as a young person, and so I'm like, well, tennis, obviously, because it's the only game I know how to play. Now, maybe I would be better suited to something else. I don't know. Probably soccer or field hockey or handball. <laughs> handball. I could see myself playing handball. Yeah. Maybe archery. But the rugby's super I can super see fast. myself doing archery as well. Like, when I watch archery, I'm like, I need to find the nearby archery range. <laughs> or when I watch the fencing, which I've been watching a lot of this year, I'm like... There's a fencing school There's a fencing the school two blocks away. Let's go. This is also the... It's not the first Olympics, but it is definitely Olympics where if there's an athlete who is older than me, they are like the only one. 
There's, There's the vulture from Ukraine or wherever she's from. Romania. She's from Romania. She's like the the lone Romanian. Oksana? Yeah, is she Rom- Anyway, she's, what, 41? <laughs> yeah, she's not Romanian. She's something else. We can look it up. She is, um, she's 41. Uh, there was the one medley swimming women. She was pretty old. She's about your age. Yeah. Um, there's nobody as old as me. Except maybe an archer or a a, an equestrian or a shooter or something. I feel like even those sports, at a certain point, your eyesight starts to deteriorate. And so I think you equestrians can probably still keep going That's for a true. That's true. Let's as long see. as they don't fall off their horses and break all of their spine. I think, I think you're right. And I think that there are some things that are appropriate for the aging. I think that the feats of strength that are mesmerizing that we watch are definitely young people's So that makes sports. it easier to, to not fall into the trap of like, well, these people are X old and I haven't done anything because I'm older than them anyway. <laughs> and I've done different things and that's fine. And now, I'm, They're just at this young point, people, I could parent and I'm, them. Right, I'm just young people, and I'm watching them do nice work, and I'm proud of them, or or I worry about their future, and they're like, <laughs> they're like nieces and nephews. The weightlifting is oh my super God. cool. We didn't bring it up, but it's like the most arcane scoring procedure, and it's really cool. Okay, so Oksana Chuzovitina... Is set to become the oldest woman gymnast ever to compete in the Summer Games. This German Olympian is 41, and this will be her seventh Olympics, representing Uzbekistan. Right. I mean, that's really impressive because the average age of gymnasts, female gymnasts, it's like is like, it might be 17 or 18. Yeah, there are a couple of 16-year-olds and a couple of 19-year-olds on the U.S. team. Wasn't there a Chinese Some gymnast... In Beijing, who's literally a child, though. Yes, and they, they got uh, penalized. They have to be 14, or I think the, the young youngest gymnast is, the youngest Olympian is 14. So here's a list of the other older athletes. Meg uh, Meb Kefalzigi, 41, a track and field athlete from the U.S. Joe Pavey, 42, a track and field athlete from Great Britain. And Mary Hanna, 61, an equestrian athlete from Australia. 61, 61. Right on. So, maybe as equestrian, if we suddenly wanted to become Olympians. I have ridden horses before. Poorly. There you go. <laughs> so the youngest ones... I, too, have ridden horses. Gaurika Singh is 13. He's a swimmer from Nepal. Kanak Ja is 16, a table tennis player from the U.S. There's another 16-year-old track and field athlete from the U.S. There's a 17-year-old gymnast and an 18-year-old archer. But it's, once you get to be 16 or 17 or 18, like, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. 13-year-old swimmer, though. That's too young. dang young. From Nepal. Interesting. Fascinating. So. Yeah, what would you do? I, I said I would probably play handball or I would do archery or fencing. Um, I mean, right. I know how to play basketball, but I also have watched enough basketball to not ever be able to picture myself playing on that team of people I've watched for the last many years. <laughs> Got it. Like, when I watch handball, I don't know any of those people, and the U.S. is doesn't even feel the team for handball in the Olympics. So We should totally field a handball team for the next Olympics. Okay. The, How many people do we need? Sure, we should. We need, like, you know, your standard team of 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah. That was... Was it the handball that we were watching where the announcers were really, really 
they had this amazing finesse at explaining the game as they went along. Was it handball? Yeah, it was, or was handball. something where the guy was like, something well, the reason happen. that she threw it that way was because of this, that, and the other thing, and she can't cross that line. But they weren't just dictating the rules. They were putting it in the context of the game in action, and it made it way more engaging I, for so us. So there have been good announcers, and, and, and I would say a good announcer is one that gives you information about the sport but not so much information that you're like, wait, 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 what are the rules again? Like the wrestling or the weightlifting, who knows? But and sometimes the gymnastics ones would be like, well, this is a really hard thing. But they wouldn't necessarily say, like, because of X or Y. Mm-hmm. We were listening to that um, track guy talk about how that person lifted their head too fast when they came out of their drive phase. And he was like, and my coach are always on me about doing that. And, like, so little nuggets like that where they have former athletes that was awesome. from the sport talking, I appreciate. And then, it, But then in gymnastics, they never said anything about what the possible score and the deductions and the final score, because nobody's possible score was the same, and that was based on the complexity of the routine. But was it because all the routines were submitted in advance or were they adding it up madly as they went along because she tried a triple instead of a double, I think and, it, I think, and she got docked for this, and that that hop I was think a point one hop, like that they, and this but, hop yeah. was a point three hop because they did say something about a hop being the width of their shoulders or less, right? Which was that was fascinating, and I remembered that, but they never talked about the scoring, and and then there's poor Rowdy Gaines. Losing his little mind every, every time, time someone swam swims. fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. He's he was, very enthusiastic. He, was super enthusiastic. he can take a break now. <laughs> um, but they, I, I, they have done a thing this year where they're streaming all of the events live on the NBC Olympics um, site and the app. And so if you're one of the people that is irritated about the time difference or the fact that they hold certain stuff to show in prime time that happened earlier because it's something that people who work all day are only going to tune in for this thing in the Olympics. It's in prime. They're going to put it in prime time so they can get the advertising money. And that makes perfect sense. And then they spend 15 minutes out of a half hour segment on the American person. Well, I was going to say slowly zooming in so- on Michael Phelps. Oh, God. <laughs> Or sitting there watching a gymnast wait for her score when the whole thing happened hours ago or, instead of clipping that 30 seconds and showing us more sports. Yeah, or a different gymnast from a different country. Yeah. I mean... I, but when we were trying to watch the stream the other day on the NBC app, it shows all of these different streams you can pick up, and there were five different gymnastics streams, one and I for couldn't each find apparatus. the right one. Yep. And oh. so I'm like, wait... I clicked on the vault and you're watching the vault, but we have different camera angles, so we're watching different people. <laughs> so what is it related to announcers, some of those streams, like I was watching one with the women's basketball game, and they didn't have any announcers at all. And so I had a dream vision oh, blissful where silence. you and I recorded a track that would go over this <laughs> that would go over this women's basketball game where it was just our commentary and we said, You queue up the thing. And then you play our track, it'd be like riff tracks. <laughs> We'd be like, oh my gosh, look at that braid. How do you think she did it? <laughs> <laughs> really great shot, really great shot. Good job. Uh, last time I watched the Olympics, seriously, um, I watched bootleg streams of BBC broadcasts. Nice. And they're so much better. 
Because yeah. they show everyone, and they are not really annoying, and they don't have any ads. In the North, sometimes, if your, ca- your cable package might have a CBC stream. I do not have cable at all, and which is can, why I was well. watching bootleg streams of BBC. Well, we don't do anything Broadcast. illegal here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but the CBC is also good. I, I spent one, I spent a couple of weeks one summer watching, like, every World Cup game that the CBC broadcast normally, even though mm-hmm. they were round of 16, barely qualifiers. So. It was great. When I was in England for my semester abroad, it was the Winter Olympics, and Great Britain has more of a presence in the Summer Olympics than the Winter Olympics, and the only thing that they, their team was, like, expected to meddle in was curling and so I watched a lot of curling and I learned how it worked and um but they showed a lot of other stuff because there wasn't like this flood of like American swimmers where like we're gonna spend every night at the pool that's pool night because every final is gonna have an American swimmer in it that we have to watch and it's probably Michael Phelps I'm really glad he's retiring yeah (laughs) I've seen just about enough of his face um, and his cupping if he marks. Has yeah, Marfan yeah. syndrome. Okay, it's your theory. <laughs> it's my you theory. Go with it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's very long. Do you have a a rooting hierarchy? Like, is there a country that you're? I mean, obviously you're rooting for Fiji. <laughs> well, not obviously. I'm. I said. I Wait, said that I'm rooting. When Fiji won, you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna need to wear my Fiji shirt tomorrow." Yes. So well, if Ireland had won, I would have worn your Ireland shirt. <laughs> but I, you had a Fiji shirt on tap. Okay, so uh, we all, everyone, you have a rooting hierarchy, and I said something about liking underdogs and liking small countries. And um, when we're watching the opening ceremonies, Parade of Nations, nothing makes me happier than them having like one athlete and she's the flag bearer and then she's got her coterie of chaperones with her but that's it i think that's really cool nothing makes me happier than men in skirts yes i do enjoy the men in skirts and in fiji the cops wear skirts so part of my hierarchy is having traveled to a place and spent some time there and feeling some a sense of ownership in the engagement of them and having a cab driver in Fiji who was like a rugby fiend driving all the way across the island, whatever, uh, Suva? No, that's not right. Viti Levu, sorry, the biggest island where Suva is, is, uh, is great. That gives you something. And, but I don't automatically like the UK or France or the US or Canada. Those are all red, white, and blue. (laughs) Which is very convenient. I have a lot of blue nail polish, but Oh, did we talk about the manicures yet? Sorry, I want to hear about your rooting hierarchy. <laughs> you really have one? I don't know. I find it very easy to pick up a person that I like. Yeah. And they don't even have to, like, do a little special interest thing or even say anything about the person. I'm they can just, just like, have, like, a cool name. Or, yeah, exactly. Like Katarina Witt had a cool name. Also, she was good. Good. She was very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, she was. Why are you looking at me that way? She was a nice lady. She's probably still a nice lady. Moving on. <laughs> right, uh, so now you got me derailed. Definitely can be totally arbitrary based on their outfits or their hair or their nails or their name, if their name is really fun to say Mm -hmm. or if you can't say it at all. Mm -hmm. And finding out about countries. What were we talking about? It was like, where the hell is Montenegro? Yeah, you never told me. (laughs) We don't know. I like looking at the the different flags. 
Mm-hmm. And um, when you just have the flag and you're like, I don't know what that is, and you look it up, it's nice to learn something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The geography. In the Parade of Nations, when they showed where the country was I know, that on was the nice. map and that whole little thing, we loved that. Librarian nerds. Yeah, pretty much. Super nerdy. I'm just going to interject that I haven't watched any of the Olympics this year, except for when I was here last <laughs> when night. You, were poor, so <laughs> you got here last it. night. <laughs> no, I like him, but I was busy watching video games. Someone, I think instead. it was a friend of mine on Twitter or something, said that they had. It was basically like, I've watched X amount of this sport and now I'm an expert. 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 it was somebody minutes. on Twitter. 20 minutes. <laughs> Me at the beginning. What is this sport again? Me 20 minutes later. Total expert. Total <laughs> expert. Yeah, I, so, I remember that tweet. <laughs> do I'm going to ask you, Eileen, because you've been forced to watch more Olympics than Christina has. Is there a sport of which you did not know anything and now you feel like you have a good grasp? Yeah, handball and field hockey. We didn't watch that much field hockey. I'm still not there. Hmm. It's the same as handball and soccer and rugby. There's people. There's a goal. There's a goalie. No? Rugby is wildly different. Yes. It's... Except... Point. But the rugby sevens, oh my gosh. I love how speedy it is. It was very speedy. It was like, we're done already with the whole game? Okay. Cool. Two four-minute halves or something like that. I definitely feel like my grasp of fencing is way better than it was before. If you... If you... There were different people for the live stream and the in the um, broadcast sometimes, and they would just explain things that I didn't fully follow. Where like depends on who's they decide is on the attack and like blade engagement, and I don't even know. So I feel like I have some somewhere to go. Have you read that. by the sword? No. So there's a book. Are you, is this my TBR challenge? Is by the sword. I don't really know if it's a TBR challenge because I just think you'll love it. It is a history of fencing and it is it's historic and Olympic. Okay. It's, I think it's by an Olympian or somebody who was involved with a UK Olympic team. But yeah, I um I would I would suggest that you take a look at it because I think it has a combination of uh swashbuckling and technicality <laughs> that would appeal to you. All of the, all of the things I like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so go ahead and tell us about the manicures. I love them. Mostly we know we're noting them on the swimmers. That's just because we've watched 700 hours of swimming. All the runners had wigs for some reason. Long trailing wigs. Or okay. hair. Olympics grooming is interesting. Because you're all, you're supposed to like be uniform in that you're all wearing the same colors, mm-hmm. but then there's some hair dyeing and there's some manicuring and there's a lot of tattooing. Lots of tattoos, lots of Olympics tattoos. Yep, that's um, fine. Lots of cupping marks on the swimmers. <laughs> uh, so the the manicures are great. I like that there are little flags and like little red, white, and blue and sparkly patterns and things. I would like to see. Uh, some more crazy stuff. There was one person who had one of those neon coral swimsuits and their nails matched, nice, which I really nice. liked. I liked yeah. that a lot. That sounds good. Um, I mean, the, the patriotism and the flag waving is, is all well and good, and I still like a fancy match. And there was the gymnast who had the purple scrunchie and the purple lipstick that matched her purple shoulders of her get-up. I was also... So I wanted... I had feelings about 
<laughs> some days the team would be wearing all the same getup, and yeah, then some the days swimmers, they would have like switched out. The swimmers to have a like different four or five possible uniforms that they can wear, and the gymnasts same thing sometimes are like wearing like for the team event they're all wearing the same thing, and then when they were doing the all around they were wearing different things, and then I presume in the individual they were wearing their own, but maybe they have a comfort the guitard. <laughs> maybe so. I know I would, I would like, be like to see some cohesion. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, wait, are you a team or not? Someone um, on a different podcast I was listening to said that the gymnastics, the women's gymnastics team, seemed like a forced sorority. Ooh, <laughs> like the hugs that they like are required to give each other after hugs. after they get done with their routine. Hmm. I was like, no, no, don't mess with my vision of them as a cohesive whole. Stop it. <laughs> hmm. They all love working together. To get a medal. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably more like they're a team of individuals and they have to compete individually. And Well, they're competing against each other in individual right, events exactly. as well. Which is hard. And for spots in the all-around. Yeah. So, good job, Simone. <laughs> for destroying all the competition. Yay. Destroying everyone. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so, do you, other than the fact that the... Oh, I, I have a question for you, Christina, because... Mm-hmm. In 2002, yes, you lived in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. City. I was in high school. Which is school. where you still live. <laughs> senior, senior year of high school, and my high school was about two blocks away from the medals plaza, yep. where they gave it all the medals. Um, so I couldn't go to school those two weeks because there was just no way to get there. There was security everywhere. Um, Could everybody not go to school? Nope. I mean, no, nobody in that high school. <laughs> nobody in that high school could go. Um, and keep in mind, this is two thousand two, so just after nine eleven. Right. So, like, I had a photography class, and I was taking a picture in the general direction of one of the Olympic installations, and some guy in camo was like, "You can't take a picture here." And I was like, "Okay, sorry." Um, I mean, our house was very close to the big, the Olympic Village, and Olympic Village, and like the big arena. And I'm not sure why I didn't come home to actually watch the Olympics, given that I've been a weird Olympics super fan for most of my I life. I know. I never actually went to any of the events. But you could have. I could have, but I never, never even. But I mean, me. like, as far as I understand, ticket availability was not. Bad, like you could have gone to a miscellaneous skiing event. Yes, I could have without much trouble. Yes, I could have, but I didn't. Um, this is not recrimination. Um, and there were helicopters twenty four seven, which was annoying. A lot of fireworks. I bet. Um, but it didn't really interfere with my daily life because I didn't have to go anywhere because I didn't have to go to school. <laughs> so I think I just I think I painted our front room and watched TV. When it was on. But not the Olympics. <laughs> well, well, watch the Olympics when it was on. I, was like I remember watching and being like, I know that place. <laughs> this is my home. I know that place, too. I probably oh, have parts of it on VHS. Probably. In fact, I have various things on VHS from the past that my mom and I taped. <laughs> yes. I'm for sure there's some ice skating in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many things. Many ice skatings. Yeah. Um, and so we also went to Lilyhammer. After that Olympics was done. Yes. Long after. We had to, like, yeah, and I, so we, I have been to various Olympic locations, just never when the Olympics were yeah. happening. Life goal, question mark, 
The other thing about the 2002 Olympics was everyone had those stupid hats from Roots. I have one of those upstairs! They're so dumb looking. And everyone had one. And there were like people in hour long lines to I know, get into the store to buy one. If it wasn't so freakishly hot, I would go put it on. <laughs> you already have a hat on. Yeah, but that those are like fleecy. I know. And berets. And really dumb looking. I, Tell us how you feel, Christy. I have a picture back. of me wearing that hat with with your cat as a kitten on my shoulder. Oh yeah, I have that too. <laughs> so the downside of the Olympics is that a place that is chosen to put them on usually has a long-term economic consequences. And it's not, I mean, I feel like Salt Lake or Utah was financially responsible for the Olympics even though the whole country was technically hosting that wrong? I think that's um, that happens. I think that there are some things in the aftermath or in the preparation for the Olympics that are monstrous, and then the aftermath are kind of awesome. Oh my god. When I just remembered that Olympics was what brought Mitt Romney into the public eye. I was going to say, did you see Mitt Romney? He was saving the Olympics. Yeah, from the, the bribery scandals of... I don't know. Anyway, Mitt Romney. London, where I was shortly after the Olympics were there, was suddenly navigable because there were these <laughs> little signs throughout the central areas of London where they had these amazing, they were, uh, it was like a little standing kiosk and it was, there was a map on it that was oriented to the way you were standing. So it was like, you are here, and this is the street you're facing up, and here is what is spread out before you. And then on the other side of it, it was reversed. Wow. And those were all throughout London, which was... Hopefully they've taken those down. But... <laughs> well, some of them had like had some of the paint almost rubbed off, so I don't know if they have maintained them. But then Vancouver was torn to bits yeah. in the preparation, hmm. and then in the aftermath, there is... There's like a, a little light rail loop that gets you around. I can't remember what it's called. The Sky Train or something because it's elevated. And oh, it's, it's called Tracks with an X. Mm -hmm. Of course it is. Two X's? No. no just okay. one. Well, it should have two. No, we spell everything with the Z with two Z's. Yeah. Because oh, of the right. jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so there are things like that that I think are really great. And I don't know if that is the case beyond... Some infrastructure. The first stuff. world. Yeah, I yeah, feel like I, I feel like as long as a city already has a pretty good pre-existing infrastructure, it'll survive okay because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to spend much to build more stuff. Like Salt Lake, they build. Well, like, I mean, the Winter Olympics, they already have mountains and they're set up for skiing. Yeah. So well, how Vancouver did too, and it was like the warmest winter ever. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. the the Winter Olympics with global warming might be an issue be an issue like there might be only like three places they can end up holding it the arctic circle they added like better crosswalks and things like that i noticed that so when i was there they had these things where like you picked up a flag on one side mm -hmm. and you would like hold it and then you would deposit it on the other side of the street and i was like well brilliant except when people steal down. all the flags because they're teenagers or whatever but oh they do get replaced pretty frequently so are they still there yeah awesome so, as far as I know, there's just no downside to the Olympics whatsoever. Um, <laughs> certainly no scandals, and no <laughs> doping and bribery, and... I was um, going to say the downside of, to, to the Utah Olympics was that it, it 
allowed the survival of the horrific Gateway Mall, which is hideous, <laughs> and also an open-air mall in a really place feel. where... In the summer, it reaches 100, and in the winter, it gets well below freezing. There is a video game arcade at the Gateway Mall. Or at least there used to be. <laughs> There's an aquarium there now. Right. Uh, in a desert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's awful, and it contributed to the killing of the rest of downtown. Oh, yeah, so. I know. Downtown Salt Lake. We hardly knew you. Rip. It's getting better now, but... Well... <laughs> I haven't been downtown for a while. Anyway. Moment of silence. <laughs> for downtown Salt Lake City. I think that's my favorite one. The date. I like it when the horns come in. John Williams. We do love John Williams. I think he's good in small doses. Well, I'm trying to give him to you in small doses. Thank you. You should see us conducting, though. Oh boy. I just did. <laughs> so. Do you have other questions for us? I thought that was our wrap-up music. I thought you were trying to get us to wrap up so we could get the air conditioner back on. I watched some more Olympics. I was not trying to get you to wrap up. Um, I, I, I wanted to repeat something I said the other day that I thought was, uh, the stilling of the things I like to watch, which is, I don't really like to watch the running, because I like to watch things where people are assisted by other stuff. I like to see people float in the water, I like to see people with swords, <laughs> I like to see people with skis strapped to their feet, yeah, this is just the human body thing, <laughs> that seems too pure. <laughs> not interested. You could have used that excuse for not wanting to watch beach volleyball. Well, but they've got a ball. They're they're whacking around. <laughs> and they wear visors and sunglasses. Yeah. I mean, basketball. They've got a basketball on a hoop and stuff. This is running around on a track. I mean, it's not... Maybe it's just because it's nothing that I would ever, ever do. Ever. Ever. In person. Yeah. And I apologize to those of our listeners who are runners. You can write to us at uh, on Twitter at BellwetherFriends. That's B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. Or on our Facebook page and tell me how wrong I am about running. That's fine. And why the beauty of the human form in slow motion where their cheeks are going up and down. Wagada, wagada, wagada. <laughs> As I did say... Bipedalism is the most energy efficient form of locomotion. Con- land congratulations! Can <laughs> That's why there are no Olympic events that are conducted on four legs. <laughs> Except maybe gymnastics. Sometimes. I wonder when the synchronized synchronized swimming still in the Olympics? Yes. Okay. I think it was already Excellent. over. I think uh, I saw some stuff on Twitter about well, it. Well, I'm going to go back to the feed and see if we can see it. <laughs> Oksana. So, so, any Ali, other questions? Oh, wait, what? Do you have any musical obsessions? It would be the Olympics Fanfare by John Williams. John Williams! <laughs> Mostly the horny bits. Uh, Anna? I, my musical obsession is a shameless commercial attempt at being like a song of the summer, Justin Timberlake, 
Can't Stop the Feeling. It's that song from the Troll movie. And <laughs> I can't stop it. I can't. So, I'm Ooh, sorry. do love you some JT. I don't know why. I don't understand. I... Christina, do you have a musical obsession this week? This is just your no. chance to put something on our playlist that's... We have a musical obsession playlist, <laughs> so it can just be any song that you want to torture us with. From now uh, on. <laughs> there's a song called The World Ender by Lord Huron. It's real good. It's about being a dead cowboy. See, that's just the kind of thing that we were hoping you would bring. <laughs> Thank you. I... Okay, this is one difference. I have opposite musical tastes from Anna. Yes, you used to listen to X96. I do. I used to, and it still exists, but I don't like the music they play anymore. Because you now like oldies. Because now I like oldies from the 90s. Yes. Oldies from we the all 90s. like oldies from the 90s here in this room. Yes. I, I don't like any of the new music they play. I'm like, ah, I hate it. Amanda, who is from Utah, may be the only listener we have who will understand what X96 is. X96 was a, an independent alternative radio station that was founded in the early 90s and played... That's grunge, all you listen to. Grunge. I seven point seven. The end in Seattle. <laughs> yes, played. I'm sure it played exactly the same stuff. So it played grunge and it played like Rage Against the Machine and yep. Nine Inch Nails and all sorts yep. of stuff. Which is the opposite of. I mean, I can appreciate those things now in my old age. But you listen to a lot of pop, though. I like pop. I don't. It's okay. Yeah, that's fine. How about a regular obsession with books? Well, it can be books. Oh, that's right. Christina had a challenge for me to read. Yes. The Thousand Names by Django Wexler. Okay, tell me about it. Um, that's D-J-A-N-G-O Wexler, who is a white dude, by the way. Um, so why is... should I read this book by a white right? dude? I don't tell Anna to read books by white dudes Generally, much. I, generally I, was I don't. shocked. I looked it up because I was shocked that it was not a pen name for a woman because he writes really good female characters. Um, and it's a military fantasy, which I did not know was a genre. I like military sci-fi, so military fantasy is fine. Yeah. Um, the main character is a woman who cross-dresses as a man and joins the army to escape an orphanage. Uh, I like cross-dressing as well. Yes. <laughs> and she's a lesbian. This, I also like lesbians. <laughs> she's really well-written. Um, I like well-written lesbians. <laughs> yeah. That you don't find as often. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the writer doesn't really make a huge big deal about how she's a lesbian. It's just, you know, a facet of her character. And then like, um, there's a little bit of magic in it, but it's, it's mostly about like the military stuff and like strategy and, um, uh, the relationship between her and her commander, who's this like brilliant dude, but also, also there's cats growling. He's complaining. She's playing footsie with him. <laughs> and he doesn't want to play footsie. <laughs> I took a picture. <laughs> so, Instead of breaking up. <laughs> yeah. So this book's mostly about the relationship between the main character and her commander, who is this brilliant guy, but doesn't really tell anyone anything. So, like, everyone doubts him all the time, and then, you know, he comes through with some brilliant strategy, and it's amazing, and you're like, oh. Okay, cool. that sounds good. And yeah. it's part of a series. Yeah, um, it's the last, the fourth book just came out a couple days ago, actually. Okay. I started on it, but, you know, vacation has distracted me. I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. I think you're supposed to be able to read more on vacation. At least that's what I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Aline? Do you have an obsession or a 
challenge? Well, um... When, other than by the sword, which you already challenged. Yeah, when Christina started talking about this book the other day, it made me think of another book about a cross-dressing woman fighting a war, and it's Never Home by Laird Hunt, in which a young woman dresses and outfits herself and goes off to fight in the Civil War, leaving her husband at home to run their farm, uh, because she's the fighter, and... um it is a slim little volume that is deeply compelling. Despite being set in the Civil War? Yeah. I, I mean, I read it, and would you I trust me you. as I trust a Civil you. War reader? I, yeah, I've, I mean, I see all of the Civil War stuff you have around here. <laughs> <laughs> You're always, like, reenacting and stuff? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, that's, that's me. So that, that came up when Christina was telling you about that, and I just looked up to confirm because I couldn't pull the um, tile out of my head. Uh, my real-life obsession is vacation, hmm. which I realized I was obsessed with two episodes ago because we were on vacation a month ago. We're just always <laughs> on vacation here. It's fine. It's summertime. We have to go on vacation, and um, I'm looking forward to having a week off. We Me are two too. days into a nine-day stretch of goofing off. And, and watching awesome. the Olympics. Oh, Watching the Olympics, yes. <laughs> and, and doing fun things and eating ice cream. Steingruber is a really good name. Y'all should know that we do have the Olympics playing in the background <laughs> silently, and we are glancing over now and again to see beautiful, tragic things Not me, happen. I'm being very disciplined. Yes, because my back's turned. We positioned her so that she couldn't see. Um, we wanted to keep her on point. I am very distracted. Do you have any obsessions that you would like to share? Yesterday you were watching people play video games. That's true. You were very intent. On yes. the internet. There, so it was some live broadcast of mm -hmm. some video game tournament that was going on in Seattle that a friend of mine was present at, a friend mm -hmm. of ours was present at. Someday I want to go to that. Okay. I know people. You may know people in I Seattle, people too. Also, yes. <laughs> so, I'm not sure your audience would care at all about it, but yes. We have gamers in our audience. We do. I watched the Dota 2 International 6. There have been six years of it. This year, the prize pool was $9 million. That's what I heard. Yes. Uh, and it was awesome. It was probably the best one I've ever watched, and I started watching in 2013. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me it's like the Olympics, only for video games. Basically, um, <laughs> it's like the best people in the world gathering together and competing. And like In theory, I play this video game, but I am incredibly bad at it. And uh, Just like me and um, archery. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see how people who are actually good at the game and like play it nine hours a day for practice as can their pull job. off, right. yeah, as their job, can pull it off off amazing stuff and stuff you never thought of and it's all very exciting it sounds good yeah i mean i'm i'm sure given my nature that if someone was commentating and explaining things mm -hmm. i would be like yes i'm into it i understand it completely <laughs> well they they do do that there's commentating and some of a lot of it's pretty technical. It took me like I started watching before I started playing, and it took me a while. I like asked my friends like, "What's what's that? What's that? What? Who's Roshan? You know, stuff like that." But, That's cool. It's like any it sport. And then I mean, there is you never know what the next Olympic sport is going to be. There's BMX. There's golf. <laughs> I don't understand the golf. Well, 
Golf has already has a billion tournaments. But who understands anything? Like, why should there be a cap on the number of sports? Why Why does softball have to go out so that something else can come in? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't ever yeah, want to fall like, into the trap of, many, that's not a sport, because that seems rude. How many tournaments of softball are there compared to world tournaments of golf? Zero? I don't know. Exactly. Like, golf has uh, so many tournaments already. Like, so does tennis. Just tennis. <laughs> That's true. I so guess does, I guess I'm biased just because I think golf is terminally boring. Right, exactly. So just imagine that there are as many people who love golf and are interested in watching it as want to watch Dota 2 International 6. Yeah, like our uncle. Right, our it. uncle is, really loves golf. I bet he was watching it. Mm-hmm. It's also his birthday. Happy birthday. Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you played golf today. Unless it was really hot, in which case, stay home. Could have been. My obsession is a book called The Taste of Honey, which is not going to be out until October. And it's very slim. It's by Kai Ashante Wilson, who also wrote a novella called The Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps, um, which was brutally good. Brutally good. Mm. So, and it was about um, this guy, the world he set up, this is like science fiction, but the world he set up is where there are like demigods left hmm. of these whose whose families like translated themselves into light and are gone, but they're still around. And so they have like advanced technology and understanding, but they're they're not there. They they didn't leave. Hmm. They're still around. And so one of these people meets uh, another one from a different family, who is the captain of like a mercenary troop. And he totally falls for him instantly, and so he's like, well, I'll join your band. And they have a relationship on the side. And so it's kind of like about what happens when they get to this place that's filled with wild magic. Hmm. And um, that one was gut-wrenching. This one, A Taste of Honey, is about a sort of distant member of a royal family and this centurion captain guy who comes with a, a delegation and is introduces him to the uh joys of love yeah i was gonna say a taste of honey sounds like a very sexual thing it and is tell us who the representation of the character on the cover looks yes to us definitely the main character akib is a young black man and he's very like he's described as tall and and sort of effeminate um he can speak to animals and the centurion guy is like super manly guy Mm -hmm. um and his skin is described as being lighter and why are you pointing at guy on the cover looks like david diggs oh yes he does look like david diggs (laughs) okay (laughs) um so this is just there this is not um, if you have to have female characters, these two two novellas are not for you. But it's really, like, refreshing because there are some interesting sci-fi concepts that are in there and you're like, what, I need to know more about this! <laughs> so one of these guys has to get married because he's a part of the royal family and so he gets married to this woman who, in this world, all the women do, like, the math and thinking and stuff. And he's like, I don't understand, it's women's stuff. Huh. Someone explained it to me. <laughs> and, like, she gets borrowed by the demigod people because she can do the calculations. They're going to help them, like, translate to light. And um, 
You're like, how does that happen? What's going on? I don't understand. There's technology. What's left over, or is it current? Or, and at the same time, you've got like this clearly Romanesque military society. And so I just want him to keep generating novellas, and I will keep reading them. It sounds cool. It is very cool. Forthcoming. It's you bragging about your advanced copies. Well, yeah, I got a I got a writer rave review of it for Booklist. Maybe star it. <laughs> Maybe. So, we made it to the end of our show. Congratulations. I didn't even read all the opening script. We were too busy listening to the Olympic fanfare. What did we say? And what did Every we'll... couple of weeks we get together with the blah, 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 <laughs> and talk about the Olympics. You've heard it before. Every four years. No, every two years. Remember when the Olympic winter and summer were on the same schedule and it wasn't like every two years, it was every four years, but then there was a super overload? That yeah, was exhausting. I'm so glad they switched it. Yes. I can be found on the latest Worst Bestsellers episode talking about Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. You can find that on their uh, site, Worst Bestsellers, or um, you can fo follow them on Twitter, that's Worst Bestseller without the S, and click on a link to their show pages. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. And I'm Aline. You can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. I'm Christina. You can find me at Semi-Sponge on Twitter, S-E-M-I-S-P-O-N-G-E. -E. Find all the um, role-playing dice sessions that me and my friends make at Kilobops. That's K-I-L-O-B-O-P-S dot Ladderface. That's L-A-D-D-E-R-F-A-C-E dot net. We make a lot of really disgusting jokes all the time. And it's really fun. Awesome. <laughs> Where can we get on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. And John Williams. And John Williams. John Williams provided some of the music in this podcast. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. -S